Blog Talk Radio.
try to stay alive Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith till make way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia, hold me down Planted on solid ground From the New York coast to the Florida shine Up to the Maryland D.C. line Back down south, repeat prime Sweet Georgia, where I reside Tell me why do I have to cry out Tell me why should I even pray Tell me why should I worry about it Tell me why should I lose my head Tell me why do I have to cry out Tell me why should I From the burdens laid, darkest roots from mistakes I made. Sweet Georgia, hold me down, keep my feet planted on solid ground. Tell me why do I have to cry? Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck, yeah, yeah. 
haters popping off, I don't feel a threat. Better yeah, yeah. come correct, gotta get respect. I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible right out the door for this. Hey. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no Afro pick. Faking over no apologies, I'm killing all this shit. I told you I'm a savage, but you wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. I came to take over the whole game, that's my mission. Carrots, you motherfucker, now pay attention. Now that I got your attention, uh-huh. let me complete my sentence. Born in the slums, I hustle for crumbs, I saw for days. Now it's time to get paid, dug into my last day. Streets made me a menace, mama didn't raise uh-huh. no fool. Bottom line, you course was mine, homie, I eat your food. I ain't with that mumble uh-huh. shit, the only thing that mumbles quick is when I put that muzzle on that bitch and I squeeze that shit. Yeah, I'm insane. Nigga, crazy and I'm cool, cool Split personality, I don't know who's who Screws loose, so watch what you say to me I will snap out, I'm a New York Jersey nigga But now I wanna run the south It's not where you from, nigga It's where the fuck you at So I switch that NY and flip it to a brazen Running up the check, running up the check Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck Popping off, I don't feel a threat Better come correct, gotta get respect I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this If you standing in my way, you gon' be on the floor for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, a grenade without a pen Taking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit hey, First off, you don't know who you fucking with right. That nigga KJ here bust quick Better watch what you say when you run your lips He's crazy in the range, you don't give a shit uh-huh. Pop pills, that boy is so That's ill right. Disrespecting, you get killed Slipping on my device for the DC Slapping to the bitches, I wanna sleep hype, yeah You don't want it with the kid from Jersey Better pray to the Lord for some mercy uh-huh. Cause when I come out Come with fire Stop putting on your raps You liar You ain't never do a bitch You a bitch nigga You be lying in your raps You ain't rich nigga uh-huh. You don't want no war With the kid nigga I run up in your Motherfucking crib nigga I kill you Kill you Kill you And ain't no witnesses And write a book about it Like OJ I'm a savage nigga I am out of my mind I'll hunt you down If you got diamonds That's right I'm on my grind nigga So don't you waste my time And if you disrespect the kid You know you cross the line I see you haters nigga I hear you haters talking You gonna end up six feet deep in the fucking coffin. I'm about my paper, I'm about my thriller, I'm counting figures. I seen the cross in your eyes, that's why you switch, nigga. Oh, you a bitch, nigga. I'm counting chips, nigga. You keep on chasing ass, I'm getting rich, nigga. Running up the check, running up the check. Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I'm born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible. Right out the door for this I'm a savage, 21 savage Captain Nick, no Afro pick Taking over, no apologies I'm killing all this shit Hey! Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, welcome to Let's Chat, y'all. Hey, P. Hey, Lisa girl, how you doing this evening? Yeah, I'm so busy. I got like 35 things going on at one time. I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not. I can't. 35 things going on at one time. I I'm, about get, I'm about to get one off my desk and send it on over there to you. Just add to my 50 things to do too. That's how we do here on that chat. Never a dull moment. No grass on the owl feet. 
talented. You just don't even know, honey. Welcome to Let's Chat, y'all. We appreciate you guys. We are almost at 10,000 listens. Isn't that awesome, T? Wow. It is. And we want to thank you guys so, so very much. We truly appreciate you guys rocking with Alicia and I. You know, it's been a journey, but it's been fantastic. You guys have stuck with us since, gosh, almost, what, six, seven years, Leash. Yes. And we're still trying to get, grow, and just do even more and better things for you guys. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's get the show up and up, T. Absolutely. Well, like we said, this is Les Chat. My name is Miss Tony, and I got the one and only phenomenal co-host over there, Miss Alicia. For those that are joining us for the very first time, we want to say thank you and welcome. We appreciate you guys tuning in. But here on Let's Chat, you know, we love celebrating the dopeness of the arts. Alicia and I, we used to celebrate literature, but our show has evolved into so much more than just literature. You know, we celebrate just the dopeness of the arts, whether it be literature, music, fashion even. You know, we had a great guest last last week uh, that, that deals with fashion reality shows. You know, you check out our archives, you can guarantee we have touched on every everything from A to Z and back again here on this chat. But we love doing this in a dope way, just celebrating it. It allows our guests as well as our listeners to interact with each other. You know, in a fun, friendly, and intimate environment, we get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do. And uh, it's like you don't even realize you're being interviewed. It's just us kids together chatting and just enjoying what we do. So that's the authenticity of this chat. You know, that's an experience that's experience from no one else. That's what Leisha and I bring to the table, and we take pride in it. So we thank you once again for joining us tonight. Here let's chat so y'all get ready for another fantabulous show. Absolutely. Listen, okay, so our chat of the day, y'all know we always got to have something to talk about. So, <laughs> we talking about GameStop, child. Listen, so I posted this earlier. If y'all are not on, connected with us on social media, make sure you hit us up on social media. I'm Lisa Leisha Sattler on all social media and Tony is Miss Tony or is Miss Tony Trina. So make sure you follow us. So go ahead. Yes. So I posted the question. GameStop, child, GameStop in the news, it, they got they got the old eighty year old uh, investors pulling their hair out over there at the Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> so our question was Smart move, or is somebody going to jail? Mhm. That's interesting. I've been seeing GameStop all daily. You know, just just like periodically peeking in when I'm trying to get some work done. But it's definitely making the news. It even made it to CNN. <laughs> but this is the thing. I'm gonna say it was a very smart move, and I'm gonna say it was a smart move because. Nobody thought about doing it, and it benefited the company. That's what they were supposed to do, especially in a pandemic, to allow a company mm-hmm. to um, kind of save itself during that time. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the ADO men, they're not here for it. You know, 
just right. like Robinhood. Robinhood is an investment app. It actually restricted um, GameStop on their app. Now there's a class action suit against them. GameStop, um, their their scores went down. So mm-hmm. their, their stuff started plummeting because of this. This is my thing. You gave young people 18 and up. You mm-hmm. give them the ability to not only buy crypto if they use Cash App, but you mm-hmm. give them the ability to invest. When they invest, they're going to invest in those things that they enjoy, which is what? Right. GameStop, PlayStation, all of that. Mm -hmm. So are you mad because you didn't think that they were smart enough to know how to play the game? Mm -hmm. Like, did you think that they would not be smart enough to know how to play the game? GameStop has has been around for a while. They ain't crazy. They know I what know. to do to keep their companies together. All companies mm-hmm. know you put those cutthroat people on your team for a reason. Mm-hmm. They keep you wow. out of jail and they keep money in your pocket. That's their job. Yo, yo, when you're investing, your broker's job, make me make money and keep me financially protected. That's mm-hmm. their job. And they did it. Right. So now y'all man. It's like the little guys right, the little guys went up against the, 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 the you know, the big heads and they won when the big heads kinda like shushed them to the, the side. Didn't think right. they were relevant. Yeah, the big guys dropped the ball. You got all of these big companies trying to figure out how they gonna make it happen. How we gonna make it happen? How we gonna make it happen? You got little old GameStop with just a certain amount of stores in, in a few states here and there, and they like listen. We pay, we pay our investment people to make our, our financial advisors to make us money. And boom, mm-hmm. now everybody a billionaire. Over and out, like, right. listen, they did their job. That's what they were paid to do. Now, the other mm-hmm. side of their job is to make sure that you make sure you make us money and keep us out of jail. Right. So now they want to scrutinize and look at it. And I guarantee whatever they did, it's going to be a new law that it can't be done. Because right. the, Wall Street wants that control. The, the the rich, the older ones, they want that control. They want to be mm-hmm. able to control the market. We know they control the market already. But this, to me, shows the power of this generation. Mm-hmm. How and it's only going to get are. more powerful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Stop underestimating them. These kids are smart. Oh, yeah. They've been playing video oh, games yeah. and electronics since they was two. These kids are smart. Mm-hmm. And as a result of this the pandemic that we've been in, you have seen some even bigger and greater things come out of the young community. It, it's really been mind-boggling, and it's such a joy to see them channeling that energy and those, those talents to good. You know, uh, quite a few millionaires have come out of this. You know, they saw a need. They saw, they, they fulfilled a need. And Damon has been up there during these almost a year while we've been down. So I'm sure it's going to be much more to come, Leash. 
it's just a matter of time. And just just watch out. These these young people, they're on the move. Absolutely. And and they when they come together and I know we talk about this new generation, they always doing stuff, yes, but when these kids come together and they mm-hmm. and they make a move, they make powerful moves all the time. Right. And I think that the other generations need to stop taking that as um they don't know because these kids mm-hmm. ain't crazy. People, mm-hmm. you gave them That's the ability right. to go on Robin Hood. Uh, shame on you, Robin Hood. You didn't think the kids were gonna be <laughs> smart enough to know how to work it. You don't. You mm-hmm. don't think that they're gonna figure it out. When my son started investing, he invested in everything he likes: PlayStation, mm-hmm. Xbox, Sony. Those are the things that. He enjoy. If he don't know about right. it, he got to read up on it. You just can't tell him, well, okay, what's the benefit of it? What, what's in it? Is it something mm-hmm. that I use? These kids invested in themselves by investing in the things that they use. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. That's true. You know, so and that's, that's that, that, that generational, that they, they create their own generational wealth, you know, that they was in on the, the ground floor and, and mm-hmm. it, it, it can only grow from here, you know? Absolutely. And they learn in the process. So now, Robinhood has trading restrictions on GameStop, probably because it was making too much money, and they probably figured we got to pay that money. And mm-hmm. so we put that, I posted that question on my social media. We got lots of responses. We're going to hit a few before our first guest comes in here. Uh, because this is this is the situation, you know. It, it's really, really becoming. How how are they going to control the new things that are happening? You know, people are being very creative. And if you think back to 1918, to the first pandemic, how many millionaires came out of there? How many billionaires came out of there? Many. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they had nothing but time to think and learn. Those that took the time in this pandemic, if they came out of it and they didn't do anything and they didn't achieve anything, they, they didn't spend that time wisely. Mm-hmm. You got people and out here refreshing it. Mm-hmm. And also as a result of this pandemic, you know, the rich just got richer. They were saying there's a re- report out that they have made trillions of dollars. So it's like they're going to take away from the new people that are trying to make money, like they don't have enough money. You know, they have come out like a bandit as a result of all this that's been going on for the last year. That's but I think it's about on. control. It's, it's about control. It's about it is. closing that status gap. And, it's, it, and the younger people are making those moves to close it. And I think it's unfortunate. But we got some people that sound it off. You got some people... Um, Shout out to Linda Mack. She said her understanding is that it was a smart move on behalf of the young people who invested to bring that stock up. Um, I agree. Tasha DeMay, she says her son thinks it's a good move. Very smart. Some people aren't sure. Saeed Salam, shout out to our favorite author, Saeed Salam. He says smart move to shook up Wall Street. Honey, shook up Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Got some old men over there pulling their hair out, child. <laughs> but and he said that they beat them at their own game. 
This exactly. little bitty company beat them at their own game and made them themselves money. Their financial mm-hmm. advisors made them money. They did their job. Um, mm-hmm. D. Moore, she said, I needed that bull run to push my other stock higher for the for the active trading. So she posts about it. Uh, she posts about it today. She said it was her tirade for the day. Uh, Malone all the time. She said, I don't know, but it was extremely smart. That guy creates that formula in that guy created that formula in 2012. 50,000 made someone 50 million. Definitely smart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Willie LeBlanc. Uh, shout out to Willie LeBlanc. He said, good and bad. Good for the traders, bad for Robin Hood, because they put a freeze on buying the stock. Prices dropped dramatic, drastically. At last, check 62%. Now there is a class action lawsuit. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh. Now there is a class action lawsuit against them. The real question is why they blocked buying the stock, if that is what the platform is for. Simple. Hedge funds mm. are scrambling because they ain't going to be able to buy and own while the little guy will be. That's something yeah, to think about. Yeah, they found about. the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Author, um, author Navi Robbins, great illustrator, by the way, y'all. Great author as well. Uh, bad move for poor people. Great stock manipulation for the rich people that kick the shit off. I feel bad for the people mm. who fell for the banana in the tailpipe. I mean, the young people didn't really fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Not really. They knew they knew mm-hmm. what to do. They knew that everybody has a fan base. They gave mm-hmm. stuff new. Their fan base is going to fall behind them automatically. They knew how to manipulate everything. But this is what they right. do. Isn't that what Wall Street does? They manipulate everything. Every day. These companies cook books all the time. These companies cook cook their books all the time. It's that time of the year. I bet you everybody got their pots and pans cooking, trying to figure out how to beat the IRS out of some money. Absolutely. How to protect themselves, how to make themselves some money. So if the real question is, are y'all upset because they did something wrong? Or are y'all upset because mm-hmm. they did something right and y'all didn't think about it? Mm. Yep. And as soon as the little guy gets uh, a little something, big guys are trying to take it away or block anyone else. Yeah, it's crazy. So sad. Mm-hmm. It's but crazy. I got something to come across across my timeline. I know if you heard, but the great Cicely Tyson passed away today. No, girl. Um, I just pulled it up now. I'm on her Wikipedia page because I, you know, I don't believe everything. So I went to her Wikipedia page, and they have her December 1924 to January 28, 2021. What? That's another great one we lost. Pioneer passed away. Yes, she passed at 96. This is a phenomenal actress, Mm. y'all. She was actually yeah. an American actress and a former fashion model. Her career spans mm. more than seven decades. She was mm-hmm. known for portraying the for her portrayal of strong African American women. And that's true. 
everything that she mm-hmm. did, she put her man. I always would tell my son he played baseball. And I would say, every time you go up to that plate, you put your name on it. That means no matter what you do, it's about how you do it. And when you walk off that field, you need them to know what your name is. And she did that. That's right. And she did it so gracefully. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. And then Hank Aaron the other day, you know, last week, some great relationships. Yes. Rest in peace, oh Queen. Rest in peace. Yes. If y'all have not, everybody should know Cicely Tyson. I mean, I've seen Sounder when I was younger. That was 1972. So mm. Sounder was, I was born in 76. Sounder was a movie that I actually watched. You know, so she does powerful, powerful. She did Miss Jane Pittman. Yeah, that was a that one was Miss J. Pittman. I think everybody just know her from that one. Yes, Roots, Medea's Family Reunion, mm-hmm. many Tyler Perry movies. She was in The Help, um, How to How to Get Away with Murder, Fried mm. Green Tomatoes, A Fall from Grace, When Dixie, Cherish the Day, Hoodlums. She did good in Hitler, too. Mm-hmm. Bustin' Loose. Rest in peace, Richard Pryor. Um, she was in Alex Cross. Like 43 to 45 movies over her lifetime. Wow. It's a, wow. It, it's, it's a blessing because we were able to experience such greatness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe. I'm like, What? I, I, you know how sometimes they post things? I'm like, let me uh-huh. just go to her Wikipedia page. And lo and behold, she passed Absolutely. away. Absolutely. You know she was married to Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was just phenomenal. We lost a, a true queen today. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Wow. Rest in peace, queen. Rest in peace, queen, yes. So we're waiting for our guests to fall. We're going to take a brief break, and we will be right back. All right.
Jack of all trades, a master of none, if you will. <laughs> I um, my background is operations and human resources. So I've been in human resources for over 20 years, um, and I work for a technology company, um, leading their operations in in HR. So uh, we're a global company. We recently expanded um, over the last year to three different countries. So I've had the um, pleasure of doing that in the midst of the pandemic. So that's been exciting. Um, my journey uh, takes me from Hot Springs, Arkansas, all the way to Dallas, Texas. And uh, I, I'm i a, a, a lover of life, uh, a women's empowerment supporter and champion, and uh, all things success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you do so much. Um, my first question would be, a woman in your position is very powerful. What does that power mean to you? That power means to me um, really 
I often think about how to leverage it to help others. So it means that I have the opportunity to open doors for other people, to provide exposure to people that would not normally have access in a room. And so it's making sure that um, expanding, um, expanding the opportunities that do exist. So leveraging the power for good. Mm-hmm. That's good. This is Tony um, Melody. We're going to try to remember to say who was speaking at the time because we've been so, Leisha and I, we sound so much alike. But on that <laughs> power chart, <laughs> you know, with uh, how to leverage that power where it's needed, how have you been able to conquer that during this uh, this last year dealing with COVID-19? So during this last year, one of the things that I've been very intentional about is did we lose her? Yeah, she'll be right back in, but we did lose her. Sometimes that happens here on the live side. But she was about to get into it. Like I'm excited. I'm like, okay, get it, Queen. I know I I got my pen raising to write down what she was going to say. So hopefully she'll call right back in, guys. So just bear with us. You know, sometimes lock has be on one. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Here she is. She's back. Okay, welcome back. Oh, we nice. are ready. We had our – it was, you were about to get good. It felt like I was about to sit down to dinner, and then it was like, wait a minute. The turkey's not done yet. <laughs> it, it wasn't done. We had to, you know, put it in the oven for a little bit longer. <laughs> okay, we want you to continue because you was about to get into the good stuff. Okay, so how how have I leveraged that over the course of the, this past year? One of the things I've been mm-hmm. very intentional about is reaching out to individuals. Um, I structure my time where I can really take time to talk to people about how things are going. Um, it's really about leading in, you know, in the midst of change and helping people understand the opportunities that exist in the chaos of the course of 2020. Um, also encouraging people to, you know, you're going through challenges. Everyone has experienced some type of challenge and adversity, but it's how do you leverage what you've experienced to help the next person, to open the doors. So I've um, reached out to allies, um, sat across the table and via Zoom to have conversations with peers and colleagues about what they can do to um, help from a social injustice perspective that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. understanding when, when you say, okay, I'm woke, I'm listening. Now you need to act and not just mm-hmm. listen, but also give them some tangible uh, action items that they can then go back to their team or anyone in their circle to help. So that's something that I've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time doing over the course of um, this year. And I've had a lot of people, who did not, um, who shared, you know, I didn't realize um, what that would mean. I didn't realize um, having those blinders on. Uh, challenges existed at that, you know, at that level. And also mm-hmm. helping people understand how to have peace and find peace in the midst of a pandemic that no one has experienced before. And so, um, one, you know, being intentional about it, I schedule time for myself so that I can make sure I'm good mentally, physically, emotionally um, as well, but also that I'm helping other people. So I did that weekly um, with meeting with people and not just during the week, 
but um, on the weekends, uh, I, you know, I like to do brunch. Well, I, I, I miss doing brunch, but I would take that mm-hmm. time to reach out to um, different individuals that I know may be having challenges, but also opening the door up for new conversations to help people stay engaged. Mm-hmm. Those are great jewels you just dropped there, sister. <laughs> I love it. I love how you let off by saying you're leading in the midst of change, the challenges and adversity. That is just so true because a lot of us, you know, we we went into this not knowing what to do, not knowing mm-hmm. how to do what we needed to do, if that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, sometimes you want to – you don't want to show your weakness that when you say, I don't know, <laughs> you, you know, mm-hmm. you think that that's a sign of weakness, but that's a sign of strength in something that no one has ever experienced before. So you didn't have a blueprint, right. but it's mm-hmm. thinking about what is the right thing to do the right way to do it. Right. I love it. Thanks Absolutely. for sharing that. Now, recently, you've kind of expanded your brand. You've been doing a lot of brand things branding-wise with your social media. Um, we always talk about a goal moment here on Let's Chat. A goal moment is when thought and execution come together. A lot of times, we're very mindful about how we pour into other people, how we treat other people. But when it comes to ourselves, we give ourselves excuses on why we can't do something right now. What was your goal moment like when you decided to kind of branch out uh, and move forward in your vision? So my goal moment um, really came after having so many conversations with people. A lot of times I get the question, how did you do it? You know, I'm giving them examples on what they need to do, but I recognize I'm helping you if I'm giving you instructions or items, action items to say, here's how you approach it, and here's how you can brand yourself. Because for those that were transitioning during that, you know, during the pandemic, the entire game changed in terms of how you look for a job, you know, your next opportunities, how to leverage who you are. I had to show people how to do it. And so um, I really sat down and said, okay, what do I want to do differently? How can I help? And one of the things that I recognize is the power of social media and the platforms that we have access to and you control Mm. the message. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that personally, professionally, um, I was doing, I was actually showing you and walking the walk. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, Melody, I want to ask you, this is Tony. I want to, I want to look at the other side, the flip side of all that you do because you do so much and you do it effectively. It sounds like, but while you're encouraging and, and, and helping so many others, where are you getting your encouragement and help from to keep you motivated to continue your journey? You know, that's that's the side we never talk about. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's uh, my faith. So my, my faith mm. is very important um, to me. And the pandemic allowed me the opportunity to really get silent with God Mm -hmm. and really build a stronger bond because that Mm -hmm. unknown, uh, you know, I I had the the questions about what's next, you know, what's happening. 
but also understanding who my source is and staying connected to my source. So I took the time to really um, focus on aligning my, my faith um, and growing my spiritual walk, my family. Um, it's, I've been able to spend more time with my family because I'm not having mm-hmm. to travel. Uh, you know, a lot of the things you're not as busy. I, I still have a lot of meetings, but you can mm-hmm. carve out time. And so understanding what was important for me was my, mm-hmm. my faith, myself. So I elevated the order in which I cared about myself. And mm-hmm. I went from putting everyone else before me and focused on me. So if I need to mm-hmm. step away and take a nap, if I need to step, if I want to, you know, sleep in different things that I want to do that I haven't had the opportunity to do, I did that mm-hmm. over the pandemic. So those were things that I really had to be intentional about and really focus on. So my faith, myself, and my family, those were the, mm-hmm. the foundational components that, um, that I really had the opportunity to build and nurture. Mm. Wow. Absolutely. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I have a question because family-wise, how do you balance everything? You do so much. Where, where do you balance everything? I know that you were able to free up some extra time to kind of add uh, more family time. But I, honestly, in your mind, in your head, it's, it's going 24 hours a day. It does not cut off. How do you balance everything? Yeah. Um, you know, balance is all relative to the individual. And what mm. I had to learn is what's balanced for me is different than what's balanced for you. And mm-hmm. so I looked at how can I keep myself at a steady, consistent pace and still provide and be there for my family, still be there for, um, you know, for my career, et cetera. How do I do that? And I, I figured out what that level was for me and just inter- I just integrated all those things in my life. And I, the biggest thing is forgiveness. Forgiveness, the guilt of I don't have, to, I haven't made time for that. I haven't made time for that. I released the the guilt of that and moved forward and said, mm-hmm. this day forward, this is how I will approach it. And for mm-hmm. me, that that's the biggest thing. But balance for me um, is that focus on myself. Is that take that time um, spiritually, take that time. We don't always want to uh, make time for exercise. But changing it mm. and saying, you know what, this is just my quiet time um, to do whatever. Mm. If I don't want to work out and I want to go sit in the gym and look at the treadmill, then guess what? I'm going to go sit and look at it. All right. <laughs> if, that's what, if that's what I need to do. Yeah, <laughs> I, get that's right. I, get, I get enough motivation to get on it in a minute, but right now it's not, it's not happening. And just be okay with that. And mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's how I, so that's how I see balance. So I'm, you know, carving out that time um, for me was really um, focusing in on that. And when I put myself at higher up on my list, all mm-hmm. other things started to align better. Uh-huh. Uh, awesome. You know, Melly, we'd love to have you back in the chat room because we love all that you provide, all that you give to to those that are are in need. And I know there are a lot of people, especially coming off the year that we just had, country wise, that can use 
you know, what you're offering. So we would love for you to visit us again here in the chat room. But before you go, we want you to shout out all your social media and any special events that you have that our listeners can join in on. Uh, absolutely. So I I will come back anytime you will have me. I'm here to help and share uh, whatever I can do. My social media, I can be found at uh, Melody Linux on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. I'm, I'm out there, uh, even TikTok. Um, so I'm, I'm on all the social mm-hmm. media channels under Melody Linux. So definitely mm-hmm. uh, reach out to me, connect with me. Let's have a conversation. Uh, however I can help, however I can leverage my network or resources to help, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Awesome. We love it. Thank you for all that you do, Melody. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you for the time. I've enjoyed the conversation. We so appreciate you. We will definitely have you on again because we are all about just loving on yourself, and we will be doing Mm -hmm. a show about self-love and self-elevation. So we will definitely have you back to talk that talk with us. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies, both. You're You're so very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. I love her energy. You know, it's that, you know how you could just, feel it over uh-huh. the airwaves, her, her calmness, you know, and, and, and uniqueness. And I love it. Absolutely. And it's a blessed chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know, I got my fabulous co-host, the fabulous Miss Tony. We were just talking that talk with Melanie Lennox. If you are just tuning in and you missed our interview with her, no worries. Head over to our uh, blogtalk.com as well as iTunes. Um, iHeartRadio, and you'll be able to listen to her interview, Spotlight interview in its fullest. We have our next fabulous guest coming to kick in with us in the chat room. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you, Miss Claudette? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. So, Miss Claudette, you are a first-time author. We want you to tell everybody a little bit about your literary journey and the anthology you're in. Um, So, yes, I am a first-time author. I actually have written a training manual, so I guess that's somewhat writing. But the anthology that I'm um, in is called Finish Strong. And what you have is and other women, plus myself, just talking about their story of what we've overcome, because we all go through things, but how we finish strong no matter what we went through. So we just tell our story. Absolutely. So tell us about your contributing um, short story in the book. So my chapter is entitled Trusting the Process. And it derived from um, the journey that I took in 2018. I retired from corporate America at the end of 2017 and was diagnosed with breast cancer at the beginning of 2018. Mm. So certainly that was not part of the process that I had planned when I retired. My plan was to uh, grow my business. So. I just learned through that time to trust God's process, trust the process. And I ended up the year 
you know, I went through treatment and all of that and ended up finishing strong, even though it was a challenge and not part of my plan. Mm. Absolutely. That's, that's a challenge in and of itself. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and you've gone through so much and you've had to make so many different changes, but writing is a different type of process. What was that process like for you? So for me, um, because it's something that I've not really done as far as a, a book, it was challenging and I must admit it was a little scary for me. I knew what I wanted to say, and I've heard people talk about writer's block. Well, I don't have to hear people talk about it anymore. I experienced it. <laughs> I stared at the paper, and then I prayed. <laughs> Finally, one day, um, the words just start going, flowing. So I pray that what I have written will be a blessing to all that read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Now, tell us a little bit about your story in the anthology. Um, Claudette, please. So I started out, interestingly enough, because I spent 41 years in corporate. I started out talking about process maps and how when process maps were introduced to my corporate world, I did not want to participate. I just thought that everything that, I had been doing all along. I had made it to management level, and I just felt like everything that I had done all along was just going okay. And this whole process map thing that they were introducing, I don't know. But as I I, um, participated and used the process maps, I I understood, excuse me, the need for them, how they help, Mm -hmm. and how it helps to identify gaps and process breaks. And I Mm -hmm. apply that in the chapter to life. I had plans, as I said, when I I retired. And there was a process map that God has because he has planned my life for me since the beginning, since the beginning of my life. And I don't know the plan, but I trust him. And that's the whole thing, just trusting his plan and trusting his process and finishing mm-hmm. strong at the end. Now, would you say trusting his plan and trusting the process, do you think that was the most challenging for you? It was the most challenging during the time that I was going through it. Um, mm-hmm. There were days where, of course, I, I just, you know, didn't understand, but it really wasn't right. for me to understand, right, fully. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a delay. I had to take a few days off from treatment to allow my body mm-hmm. to rest, you know, and you want to get it done. So there were things along the way. Um, I didn't really tell my grandchildren because I didn't want them worrying about me. Um, mm-hmm. So there were there were things along the way, sure, that made it difficult for me to trust and that I, I continued mm-hmm. to move forward. Now, you saying grandchildren, you don't sound like you should be having grandchildren. I'm just saying. That's just my personal take. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I will be 62 years old in May, and I'm very proud of it. <laughs> so I hope if you ever meet me, Lisa, Lisa hasn't seen me in a while. I hope you, if you ever meet me, you say, you don't look a day over 45, Claudette. And that would just make my heart <laughs> she <don't>. smile. <laughs> 
She don't. She don't. She really don't. <laughs> now, Miss Claudette, do you see yourself writing another book? I do, actually. Um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I have a training manual. That's the field of expertise that I'm in. And so I do plan to take that manual and turn it into a book. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I really like the idea of the anthology, and I think I'd like to do one probably third mm-hmm. quarter of this year. So, yes, definitely mm-hmm. I do see more writing in my future. That's awesome. awesome. Well, we look forward. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Ms. Claudette, we so appreciate you coming kick it with us and share your time, your space, and your energy. Talk about your new journey. We want you to come back when you have that second book down. We would love to have you on the show to talk all about it. I would love mm-hmm. to come back. Absolutely. I would love to come back. So I appreciate the uh, invite, and I listened to the earlier um, guest and was really uh, enlightened by her talk as well. So I say to you ladies, keep going. Keep doing good work. Oh, people need you. Thank you so much. Thank mm-hmm. you. We appreciate that. And before you go, Ms. Claudette, please shout out to social media and everywhere they can buy your book and anything that you may have upcoming that our listeners can tune into. Okay. I am on all social media platforms. Uh, my website is www.atyourserviceconsulting.com. And I am on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram under at Your Service Consulting LLC. My books, I have a devotional that came out of my um, the cancer journey. It's a 31-day devotional, mm-hmm. and it is free. That's ClaudetteHarris.com. It can be downloaded there, and a hard copy can be ordered as well. And that's where the okay. anthology will be as well. And you can pre-order. Awesome. But thank you so very much again for joining us tonight. And we want you to have a great evening and continue to stay safe. Thank you. You do the same. Thank you again. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was deadly. Absolutely. Y'all, she is so, let me tell you about, I can tell you so much about Miss Claudette, but let me tell you, Miss Claudette <laughs> is so awesome, um, just mm-hmm. just gentle and sweet, like, but she don't make no mess, but she is really, really, <laughs> really, I'm excited about this journey for her because she can pour in so much into people's lives um, with mm-hmm. her words and her wisdom, and I'm excited that she's using her pen. Uh, to push those things forward. Mm. I look forward to what she has to offer the literary world. Absolutely. And we have our next fabulous guest, Stephen Levi. I hope I pronounced it right. You know we can mess the name up. As I always say, it's just like the pants, but none of the money. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Chat. We are so happy that you were able to come and hang out with us on today. We want you to tell everybody a little bit about your literary journey. 
and your work. Okay, well, first of all, I'm calling from Alaska, so I'm always interested in seeing what the weather's like there. What is the weather like there? I'm in Georgia, oh, so it's, it's oh, cold. Oh, yeah, Georgia. Well, yeah. boy, that breaks my heart. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I won't break your heart, Stephen. I'm in New York, and we have about a wind chill of about 12 above. Ooh, so <laughs> so right oh, above, that's good to know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because we're, uh, we're, we're, we're at nine here, so what can I say? You mean the number yeah, nine? Like yeah, nine, 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 like nine degrees. Yeah, I'm we're going to hit that tonight. We're going to hit that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay, you I want to know something? Okay, you want to yeah. know something about me and my writing? Is that what you asked? Absolutely, a little yes. bit about your journey. Well, you have to understand that I am completely different than most writers. And <clears throat> my basic attitude and my motto is that if you don't have something unique, you have nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. The literary world does not need another book on George Washington, doesn't need another drunk detective getting called back to solve the biggest uh, a case in his career. We want something that's completely different. So what I do is I spend my time trying to find things that nobody has done anything on, and then I work from mm-hmm. there. Uh, there are two problems with that. The first problem is finding stuff that nobody has done anything on. And the second thing is sometimes when you do, you throw out with a product that is so different that people kind of go, what? You know, and it doesn't, and, and they, they look at you more as being somebody that's very, very different. Um, to give you an, give me, let me give you a couple of examples of both. Um, mm-hmm. I recently finished a book, uh, which you can get on Amazon, and uh, one third of the book is in fourth panel. And most people you talk to look at you like they don't even know what a fourth panel is. And for your, uh, mm-hmm. for your listeners, I want you to imagine that you're sitting in a movie theater and you're watching this movie and you're watching an argument between a husband and a wife. And the wife says, mm-hmm. I, I told you that yesterday. And the husband says, no, you didn't. And the wife says, yes, I did. I told it to you right here in the kitchen yesterday at 2 o'clock. And the husband says, no, you didn't. And the wife turns and looks at the camera, looks through the camera to you, staying in the movie theater, and then says to you through the camera, you heard me when I told him this yesterday at 3 o'clock. That's a fourth panel. And of all of the work that I have, all of the reading that I have done, I only found one example of a fourth panel, and it was just a passing passing, uh, statement rather than any part of a book. So what I did Mm -hmm. is I went ahead and I turned a third of the book into a fourth panel. And it's both an audio book and it's a a download. So the question I have now to myself is, did I do something that was different or is it so different that uh, it's not going to go anyplace? Hmm. Now, Stephen, this is Tony. We got to remember to say who we are because we sound alike. Now, that just kind of gave me a chill when you said she looked in the camera directly at me and said, you know. Mm-hmm. I said that, yeah. yeah. It, uh-huh. it kind of creeped me out, to be honest. <laughs> well, every once in a while, every once in a while, there's a movie where a character will turn toward the camera and say something to you sitting in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. But it's very, very rare. Um, the only time that I have seen it done, and it was done with humor, was mm-hmm. in, a, in a Mel Brooks movie where they had kind mm-hmm. of a fight between kind of a Darth Vader kind of a 
funky Darth Raider, and he swung the sword, right. and the sword hit a film crew that was filming. You know, uh-huh. kind of like the film crew was filming. And I was going, oh, that's very clever, you know. <laughs> but that's about, that's <laughs> see, about now, the only time that I, I have seen something like that. Uh-huh. See, now I'm going to keep giving the movie the side eye because, you know, Stephen Levi said they could be talking to me if I don't pay attention. I won't know the answer. There you go. No, but I take my, my I, I take my writing uh, seriously in the sense that I'm trying to come up with uh, something different. Mhm. Wow, that's got different. To, got that's definitely different. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but you've got to put uh, this for this one. You'll have to look at your hand, okay? And every time uh-huh. I say story, I want you to to look at one of your fingers. You know, I did okay. a uh, I did a book of poetry because I had seen. People do poetry, but I'd never seen anything like this. And here comes your hand. It's, it's a story within a story within a story within a story within a story. When you, as you read it, you get taken into the fifth story deep and then brought back out. So what happens is you're talking mm. about five different characters. One character talks about another character. That character talks about another character. And you do this until you get to that fifth character and then bring it out. And I think I sold mm. six of them. So what can I what can I say? What I tried, I tried. But that, that must be kind of difficult to stay on top of. I'm sorry, Lynn. She has me really intrigued over here. Yeah, okay. Subdue weather. Mm. <laughs> I well, don't know if this is subdue weather or what. <laughs> well, you, you have to also understand that I'm I'm trying to move in a visual direction. Is because the one thing that nobody has been doing anything on is any kind of a visual presentation that includes poetry. The only thing that I can think of is Dr. Seuss and The Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I went ahead and took some of my poetry and I produced very, very short uh, clips for your audience. If you go to Back to the Fire, this is free, you don't have to pay for it, Back to the Fire Films and look for the Phantom Dog Sled. And you can see what I'm talking about. And the reason I'm doing it is because, once again, nobody else is doing it. Mm -hmm. Very true. uh, You know, we're a, you know, as as a writer, as a writer, I I understand that right now we are on the edge of a golden age of literature. Because what has happened Mm -hmm. in the past is publishers would publish books that they thought would sell. They weren't publishing good books. They were selling books that they thought they could sell. So what happens is people who go ahead and write different kinds of books never had a shot. Um, I write mysteries, mm-hmm. but my mysteries are impossible crimes. Impossible crime is where the detective has to figure out how the crime was committed rather than following a murder case. And uh-huh. if, you go look at, if you go look at most things on television when it says mystery, it's a murder. I don't do murders. And so for years, mm-hmm. publishers told me, well, you know, I mean, if you had a, if you had a murder in it, then we'd look at it. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're quite interesting, Mr. Stephen Levi. Now you have me looking at so many things in so many other different ways mm-hmm. <laughs> about the mystery and the murder. That's a good point. That's definitely you know, a good point because I love a good mystery. I am, I, am, I am trying to take people's minds to places that they haven't been. Because I cannot compete, you know, the number of books out there that are murder mysteries, they're, they're thousands. But impossible mm-hmm. crimes, as far as I know, I'm the only person that's doing them. Let me give you an example of an impossible crime. And, okay. and, you, can, and you can buy this 
from from Amazon or on the website. You get mm-hmm. a uh, you you get four uh, bank robbers in San Francisco that are holed up in a bank, and they say, mm-hmm. "Fine, if you give us a Greyhound bus, we'll leave the bank." And the cops say, "That's great, because we'd rather have you in a Greyhound bus than in the bank." So. The bandits get in the bank with four hostages and $10 million in a Greyhound bus. They take off, and the police are following them. And the bus rolls toward the San Francisco, toward the Golden Gate Bridge. And the cops like this even better because they'll close the bridge off on the east end and close the bridge off on the west end. And now you've got the bus locked out there on the Golden Gate Bridge and send their hostage negotiators out. And that's going to be the end of the story. And mm-hmm. so the cops follow the uh, the bus as it goes out onto the Golden Gate Bridge. They close off the Golden Gate Bridge. They send their hostage negotiators out, and there's no bus. The bus is gone. What? So the detective now, that's right. So the detective now gets called in and saying, "What ha- this is not science fiction. What happened to the bus? Where's the bus? And even more important than that is if the guys have escaped with the money, why do they still want the hostages? Oh. See, See, what happens is now. Here, thinking. <laughs> I know. Well, you know. Well, I've got so we got three others like that where the detective is hit with something, and people say we can't figure out what's going on here. Here's the situation, and even you look at it, you go, "That is the strangest situation I've ever heard of." But I've twisted it so that it's a real life situation involving a crime where the detective has to figure out. What happened mm-hmm. before he can go after the bad guys? Wow. Wow. Now, I must say, Mr. Stephen Levi, you, you're the first one that really have us sitting over here stumped. And we do a lot of reading, Risha and I. We are like avid readers. But you just dropped something in our lap here in the chat room that has never been dropped before. <laughs> but, well, there you go. That is the name of the game as far as I'm concerned. Um it's you know I, I am I don't want you to read my book and say well this is just like or I've read similar books I want people to look and say you know I have never ever thought about thinking about something like that. Okay, I'm gonna say Leash. What do you think happened to the bus? <laughs> okay, so. I'm but the bus dumb. was there, but then it wasn't there. Did it disappear in the fog? You know, Cal- Cal- San Francisco got a lot of fog. Did it disappear in the fog? Well, you're on the right track. You'd have, to, But uh, I used to live in San Francisco, and I spent time trying to figure out how I could do that, and I finally figured out a way to make it happen. But you have, have to read the book. You have to read, you have to read the book to figure out how I did it. <laughs> We're going to have to read this book. <laughs> but I need a concept, please. I know. I have a concept. Maybe there was a trapdoor on a bridge and they fell through it. Do you know how far it is from mm-hmm. the walk from the Greyhound bus not from the, the Golden Gate Bridge the, to the water? Not the Golden Gate Bridge. But it comes. The bus becomes a boat. <laughs> I don't went off a whole different tangent. Oh Lord! Because <laughs> I, I, I used to live in California, so when you think about the Bay Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, uh-huh. it's water where did, up under it. Where did you live in you California? Uh, Alameda. Oh, okay. I went to school in Davis in San Jose, so that's right down the road. Uh-huh. But, I mean, when you think about those, those, the bridges, oh, the honey, that's water. Like, yeah. that's nothing but water. So I'm thinking, I mean, 
where where did it go? I mean, you got to stop. Because the well, Golden Gate Bridge, that's Presidio. I mean, then you start thinking about what's in the area. <laughs> well, now you've got something. Well, now you've you got something. Now you've got a book to go read. I mean, uh, now, which book is that in, Stephen? It's called the Bat, the Matter of the Vanishing Greyhound. Ooh, and uh, you can get it on Author Masterminds. Matter of fact, Author Masterminds is something that you that you and your readers should be aware of because there's a brand new world of of uh, of uh, selling books now. It used to be that when you wanted a book, you went to a bookstore. Well, now mm-hmm. the bookstores are gone, and you have all of these publishers are publishing. And when you go to a publisher site, they'll say, "Hey, we've got 300 great books." That you should look at, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so what happens is if you're looking for mystery, why don't you go look at uh, our mysteries? And there are six pages in on their website of mystery books. Well, how do you know which book is any good? You know. So what happens mm-hmm. is here in Alaska, um, the local publisher said he had a better idea, and rather than publish, he says people don't buy books; they buy authors. When you have, when you want to buy a book, you go and you buy it from somebody you know and somebody you like. You don't just buy it whole. So what he mm-hmm. did, he took 18 different writers that do very, very well, good. In other words, but they're not two mystery writers. They're they're one mystery writer. You know, impossible, you know, impossible crime, everything. So what happens? Author masterminds. He got 18 of them. He put them together. And he says, if you're looking for a good book, whatever it is in the subject, come give us a shot. And you can mm-hmm. go to Author Masterminds and you can read a couple of chapters for free. So if you don't like the, you know, you want to say, well, it's interesting. And they have a woman that does Christian horror. And if her books are terrible, I can't read them at night because they just scare the hell mm. out of me. And there's a woman horror. who specializes in, in horses, horse stories and dog stories. And there's a mm-hmm. faith person. And there's somebody who is a quadriplegic that writes. And so when you go to some place like Author Masterminds, you see all of these different books, and they're all good. And what the what Author Masterminds has done, what Evan has done, is saying, look, you know, what happens is you want a good book. Most people look for books when they're looking for something to read. They're looking for something to read. They don't necessarily want a mystery, and they don't necessarily want history, but they'd like a choice. They'd like to look at something. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I go to the bookstore, and I sometimes I go to the history section – I don't go to the mystery section because I don't kill anybody. But there are mm-hmm. about four or five places in the bookstore that I will go. And when I walk out the door, I don't walk out with the same kind of book. I walk out with different books. And the library is the same way. So that's what Author Masterminds is aimed at. You've got a community of writers who are saying, look, take a look at all of our books because all of our books are good and wander through and see what you, see what you like. You can't do that mm-hmm. with a regular publisher. That's the big problem that publishers are going to have. Mm, wow, you have really come in and taught us some, a thing or two tonight, Stephen. Absolutely. Right. Well, now, Stephen, I want to go back. Uh, we want to talk right. about a goal moment here on this chat. A goal moment is when thought and execution come together. Um, a lot of times we are very mindful about how we treat other people and how we speak to other people. But when it comes to ourselves, we kind of kind of water it down a little bit and convince ourselves by giving ourselves excuses why something can't happen at that point in time. Uh, what was mm-hmm. your goal moment like when you decided to pick up your pen and venture out into the world of literature? I've always wanted to be a writer. 
um, and I always wanted to be a writer because and we're talking back in high school, every time I would go to a place and take a look at what other people were doing to make a living, I didn't like it. I mean, it was just, it was boring. I went to my dad's office. I'm like, geez, I, I don't, I could never spend, you know, 20 years doing this. And the, uh, the, the, the biggest thing that I saw was that there were these gigantic holes in, well, you can call them the culture, but I call them the culture is if you had a good idea or you had a unique idea, nobody wanted to hear about it. You know, it's kind of like, if you work here, you're going to do it the way we want you to do it. And that's it. And there was no re, there was no way to maneuver around and say, well, how about doing it this way or that way? You know, cause I'm very, I'm a very inventive guy. And nobody wanted to hear that. And I was going, if I can't do it like that, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life doing nothing. I tried teaching. That didn't work. And I eventually ended up with writing because when you're a writer, you show up in somebody's office, you write it the way they want it, and then you leave with their money, and then you can do whatever you want after you're gone. Uh-huh. And so that is the, that's the main reason that I enjoy being a writer is because I'll go ahead and put my time in to make the money to do what you want. But then when I go home, I get to write the books the way that I want. And Uh, I'm willing to take the chance. I'm willing to take the hit, you know, because I know that out there, there's one of my books that's going to make me a million dollars. I don't know which one it is. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And I'm willing to put in the time and the effort and the energy to go ahead and do that. Interesting. That's a good moment. Absolutely. So what's next? What's next for your brand and your pen? Well, I do. I write on a whole bunch of different subjects. Uh, for history, I do the Alaska Gold Rush. Uh, the Alaska Gold Rush is so poorly known that most people don't even know about it. If you punch up Alaska mm-hmm. Gold Rush on, the, uh, on Wikipedia, what you do is you get the Klondike Rush. And the Klondike Rush is in Canada. It has absolutely nothing to do with the Alaska Gold Rush. So mm-hmm. I went ahead and I did the first book on the Alaska Gold Rush, which you can find. It's a very spendy book, so get it out of the library. And uh, <clears throat> once again, I got in. I started dealing with some of the publishers, and what they wanted a book that I would call it was boring. You know, they wanted to know times and dates and places and people, which is a lot of fun, but that's not really what history is all about. It's about the people. It's about the interesting things that happen and how to use history so that you can uh, you can use it in your everyday life. So I produced the book, the, my book that is just coming out. It's the Human Face of the Gold Rush, which is kind of a brown, it's around a street level look at what was actually happening out there. You know, and we're talking about it's wall to wall bars and saloons in these towns. There's no law and order, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. is just getting by, and there are all kinds of card games. I mean, it's just like a Hollywood movie, and nobody had done anything on that. I said, okay, great, here you go done it now um also the uh moving then also i have also invented a new way of thinking and i went ahead and got a uh one of forty thousand dollar grants and i went ahead mm-hmm. and produced software you can if you take a look at off the wall once again this is free you don't have to pay for it off the wall thinking.com the big problem we have in school is that we keep teaching people to think the same way so what happens is that they, you'll take a class and everybody will give you a test. And if you do well in the test, then you learn well. Well, that's actually not the way that it goes because we're no longer in an era in world 
history where thinking the same way is going to get you anything. What you mm-hmm. have to do is you have to start thinking differently. And the way you think differently is you have to be creative. You have to come up with new concepts, new ways, new points of, of view of, of looking at things. You know, it's more than mm. it's more than uh, it's it, if you want a new product on the market, you have to think out of the box. You can't come up with a product that's very similar to what's on there. <clears throat> I go to the store, and do you know how many different soft drinks there are? Even in Alaska, do you know how many soft drink choices there are, even in the local stores here? You know, and then you see that there's 60 of them. So if you came up with a new soft drink, and that soft drink, and it was called a soft drink, what are the chances that you would actually be able to get that soft drink onto the market? And the answer mm. is not much. But I don't know what your television is like, but for us, when you turn on television late at night, you get these special ads for these products that you've never heard of, Uh Mm -hmm. you know, and those people are going to do well because over the long run, people are looking for something different. They're looking for something unique. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that you cannot teach that until now. And that is what I'm doing is I'm producing I'm working on software that I'm trying to sell to the military saying, look, you don't want all of your people in the military to think the same way. What you do Uh is you want everybody to think differently, think their own way. If you want to solve a problem and you ask 28 people how to solve the problem today, if you have a problem in a business, everybody tries to solve the problem the same way. They all look at it and they go back to the manual and they read the manual. And if they can't solve the problem, then they call somebody that had been working there before and say, well, how did you solve this problem? And if they can't solve the problem, they just walk away. And I've worked at companies where what happens is that all of a sudden you have a problem. You say, well, how do we solve this? And they said, oh, we had that problem five years ago. We just have been ignoring it. Well, you can't do that because after about 10 years in the office, you're going to come up with 27 of these different problems that you have that nobody solves, and you don't get anything done. But the way you solve a problem is how think, think about it differently. I'll give you an Alaskan example for you. Um, During the gold rush in 1905, there was this guy who had no teeth, and he had a bear that was bothering him on his homestead, so he shot the bear. Well, he didn't Mm -hmm. have a car, and he didn't have a horse, so he couldn't drag the bear's carcass away, and he didn't want to leave it there because if he left it there, he'd get a whole pack of wolves that would show up and start eating the bear. He couldn't butcher the bear and sell the meat because nobody buys bear meat. Okay, so what he did is he took the bear's teeth and he made himself a pair of dentures and he ate the bear with its own teeth. And, oh. and that's, that's kind, of, kind of the way oh. that I look at it. What you do is you take a problem and you solve the – you use the problem to create its own solution. And that's kind of the theme of my creative thinking is that you've got the problem here. Don't start looking for any, a solution somewhere else. Start looking to see if you can solve the problem by using the problem. Mm. Wow. Now, Stephen, I have to ask you, you know, you, you don't have the, how can I say this? You don't have Go the ahead. working mind of a regular author, and your journey has been different. If you wasn't mm-hmm. writing, what do you think you would be doing? Because, I mean, just listening to you this evening has just been Fascinating. If you wasn't okay. an author, what would you be doing? <laughs> um, I think I would still be a, a writer. I figure out some way to do it. I just, I don't, uh, 
I've worked in a whole bunch of places and every place that I worked, you know, they, they required you to be something that I wasn't. And a lot of times wow. you're required to do things stupid. And you say, well, why are we doing it this way? And they say, well, you know, that's the way the people upstairs want it done. And mm-hmm. I've always had a problem with that is because, you know, there's a lot of ways to go ahead and get, if you're working for the state government or federal government, the point is to serve the people. And if you right. aren't serving the people because the, the you know, because an example was I used to work with um, people, indigent people, and they would come mm-hmm. in and, and the, the rule book would say, these are the places to go where you can get money for indigent people. So you'd get a native that comes in, this is Alaska, and the native didn't really speak English that well. Well, you're not really helping that native by giving him a list of places to go if he doesn't speak mm-hmm. English well enough you know, to be able to read the, the forms and everything like that, you're not helping them. And so my suggestion was, why don't we go ahead and take some time and go ahead and put up a couple of people who will help them fill out the paperwork. And the mm-hmm. response was, that's not, that's not our job. That's the native's job. And I'm saying we're not solving a problem. The problem is to make sure that these natives get the help they need. Right. And the only way to help them get the help they need is to make sure that they can fill out the paperwork. If they can't fill out the paperwork, you're wasting your time. You're wasting their. You're wasting everybody's time. And the response was, right. "It's not our job. It is not our job. So don't bring it up." But in answer to your question, where would I be if I wasn't a writer? I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. It took me a long time to get to the point where I feel like I'm moving forward on it, and it has, it has not been particularly pleasant. But, uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really. I, that's a. That's a good question, and the answer is I have no idea. <laughs> you have been absolutely fascinating as well as refreshing this evening. So we thank you so much for all that you have done. You know, you you really giving us food for thought, Stephen. I don't. I don't know about you, but he got me over here gnawing on this food he's given us tonight. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Well, now here in the chat room, Stephen, we love to do something fun. T is going to give you a fun question. I'm, I want to do the animal question because I'm excited to see which one it was going to be. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Right. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> well, Stephen, you have definitely have to come back and visit Lisa and I here on Let's Chat. We would love to have okay. you again if you could spread some of your special quality time with us. But your fun question tonight is, if you can be any animal, any animal at all, to help you along in your journey, in your fascinating journey, what would it be and why? A walrus. A walrus, be, please. A walrus, First yeah, time. a walrus. Because a walrus, a walrus spends most of its time either lounging around on a beach or diving into the water and looking for food. I mean, it's not a lot that nothing bothers a walrus. You know, it doesn't. He's just kind of out there on his own. You know, the biggest Uh problem I have is I I tell people what I'm doing, they look at me like I'm crazy. You know, the walrus, nobody ever goes up to walrus and says, what you doing today? You know, the walrus just says, hey, I'm a walrus. (laughs) Uh, Stephen, you're the first walrus. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You got me crying. You're the first walrus. Anytime you want me to come back, you let me know. I'm available. Absolutely. Now, dear Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, we need you to give him 
a deal so that we can see some of his books on TV. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. We put it out there for you, Steven. <laughs> okay. We put it in the atmosphere. Because so, we have right. so enjoyed you tonight, and you must come back and visit us again. <laughs> Not a problem. Just get in touch, and I will move forward on it. Absolutely. We want you to shout out all of your social media where everybody can grab your books again and any events that you have coming up. Yeah, the best place to find my books is authormasterminds.com. Take a look at my books and the other uh, writers there. They are all the best that you can get, and they all have different subjects. If you can't find something there, then you really don't really want to be a reader. (laughs) I know that's right. Well, Stephen, we have so enjoyed you tonight. You know, you keep doing what you're doing, being the one that you are, and we love it. Okay, I will see you people next time. Okay, you enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Leash, all I can say is I love this interview. <laughs> Could you tell I was having fun with him? I mean, but he's great. Just, just the books. Listen, I want to know what happens to the bus. I want to know what happens to that bus. Now we gotta find out. We gotta go and search the bus. (laughs) Now I'm gotta read the book because I need to know what's going on with the bus. That was such a good interview, Lee. She brought so many different elements to the table, girl. Yes, he did. That's the way his mind thinks. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us in the chat room. This is our spotlight interview night. If you would like to be a guest on Less Chat, send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Let's chat live. See you tomorrow. Have a great evening. Stay safe.